Welcome to episode 49 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of 5MinutesOfMime.com. And our returning special guest once again today is Jonathan Carlyle of The Princess Bride Minute. Welcome back, Jonathan. Oh, it's great to be here. I'm glad you guys got me out of the bathroom to get this show on the road. (laughs) (laughs) All it took were a few knocks. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we have gathered here today to discuss Minute 49 of the movie This is Spinal Tap. Movie, uh, excuse me, Minute 49 starts with the band leaving their dressing room on the way to the stage. We end with the band is still heading to the stage, and in between, the band is making their way <laughs> to the stage. <laughs> I'm glad that this minute ends without me getting to see the result, or you know, the, <laughs> the, the resolve of it. I, I'm glad that it's just a continuing thing, and I get to just live on that way until I see it the next time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real cliffhanger you've got on here. They're just, they could be doing this for hours and hours, as far as we know, <laughs> in this minute. Yeah, it looks like Mick's smoking something. Um, Nige has his gum. And yeah, and the, the, the camera crew's just following along. Let's do something different with, with the band here. We're going we're gonna to film <laughs> them making their way to the stage. Seems, you know, like it could make for some good movie making here, some good documentary <laughs> making. Sure. Well, yeah, and I wonder if there's, is there like a, um, I guess like the prime directive where if if the camera guy knows the way to the stage, are they not allowed to say anything? You know, they can't interfere. They're just there to observe. And then maybe like they, you're watching a nature docu- documentary, and you have to let the snake eat the you know rodent or something. Exactly, you have to let the lion catch the gazelle. You just you, you know because it's nature's way. You mustn't interfere. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually hadn't thought of it in that respect. But, yeah, so the camera crew is just walking along and either equally lost or, you know, maybe trying to hide their snickers as the band <laughs> goes through. And <laughs> Yeah, and I'll try to find I – li- I linked to this way back before I think we'd even started posting episodes that there was a band with a camera crew with them. And I can't remember the name of the band. So I'll have to go back and look at early tweets early Spinal Tap Minute tweets, because I remember there was a band and they said, look, this is really happening to us right now. And the camera's following them and they can't figure out where the stage is. And it's it's really great. You can tell it's totally, you know, real. Yeah. So this is actually, I think a, a lot of different musicians have tales of, of this happening to, to one extent or another. And one thing I found, and I'll, I'll link to it on the website, and that's SpinalTapMinute.com. Uh, <laughs> one tale is from Stuart Murdoch of Bell and Sebastian. And, and they had a thing during one song where he would take a wireless mic and disappear backstage and kind of run through uh, during an instrumental passage in a song. And then when the vocals come back, he would pop up and be up in the balcony or be in some other section of the auditorium and they'd throw a spotlight on him and it would be like almost a magic trick that he suddenly appears out in the audience somewhere off stage. And he tells a story where they were at the uh, Sydney opera house and he got turned around. He's off stage. He's trying to find his way back 
it on into the auditorium and he like ends up in a shopping center. I guess there's there's some shops or a shopping area that's attached to the opera house and he must have made a wrong turn somewhere and like completely leaves the performance area entirely. And this is during a show. This isn't even like before. But yeah, so so apparently this is the kind of thing that happens. And I can kind of see it because they're traveling. It's not like this is their regular, a regular theater that they'd have a chance to get used to. You know, they're in a different theater every night. Well, my main question about that is, uh, was his wireless system still working? Oh, uh, yeah. the oh, from, Sebastian yeah. guy? Yeah, was he, uh, did he go he, out of he range? He doesn't or? say. I would think at some point he would, <laughs> at some point he would get out of stage, I guess. It sounds like he'd be too far away. I'm not sure how powerful those systems are. I was going to say but that. But yeah, I guess if he's, if he's still hooked in, he could always just say into the mic, help, <laughs> you know, I'm lost. Yeah, I think, I think they'd, be, they'd be impressive to, uh, you know, go go buy some sushi, but you can still play your solo at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> if, he has the, yeah, if he has the timing down, if he's counting beats, he could be, okay, now's my time to, to come in. Now, it sounds like, he, yeah, he got, he got far enough off the beaten path that probably lost his connection. So then we go back to. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, I was, I was just gonna say I like how they're trying to keep the energy up. You oh, know, yeah, even yeah. though they're still looking. Oh, yeah. Other. Yeah, it's like drumming along the walls as they go. Yeah, I like this. I like the whole. Well, I wish it would started just like two seconds earlier, so we get Nigel knocking on the door, and then Viv knocking on the door, and, and then then you get the knocking of the drumsticks on the wall, and and uh, yeah, they're really pumped up, and it's it's funny to watch them go downhill while trying not to go downhill. Right. Yeah, the the energy slowly saps. They and they must be circling back because we start with the camera crew is following behind and then at some point they're turning around and they're coming back towards us. Mm. So either there's like a separate crew that got ahead of them or yeah. and I was trying to track like I was trying to like kind of make a map of of this backstage path and like tracked like the rights and left, although they, they cut to the audience a couple times. So I may have lost track, but it does, it looks like they just keep going left, (laughs) but somehow this, you know, I don't think they've, um, so supposedly this is in Cleveland or this is supposed to be the Xanadu theater in Cleveland. Right. And I've never been to Cleveland. I don't know how the streets are laid out there, but this reminds me of, of Boston, the, the, just the streets in Boston. It's not, it's not like Manhattan. It's not one of those cities where the streets are, are in a nice grid. Everything's curvy and one way is going all different ways. So if you're ever lost in Boston and you do four lefts or four rights in a row thinking you're going to, at the worst, you're going to end up back where you started. You won't, you will end up in, in Dorchester or something. <laughs> Just because the way it's laid out, and it seems like this backstage area is similar because it looks like after walking out, they just we just keep see them go left, 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 and somehow you'd figure at worst they should end at least end up back in their dressing room. Instead, they we don't know where they are, and they don't know where they are. <laughs> I, I I like so if we go through the minute uh, sequentially, I like the first thing that they do. As a whole band, anyway. Once they leave the room and, and Mick joins them, the first thing they, they do is go through a door that is labeled exit. Mm-hmm. And then they keep going straight and they get to another door that says not an exit. Not an and exit. And when they get turned away from <laughs> that one, they go to another door that says no admittance. So it's like, you know, in the peripheral, we get all this these mixed signals and, you know, the, the way's already closing down on them and, and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of when you go to a new city and they're parking 
you know, you go to park and you can't figure out because the sign says no parking, but then there's a small thing, you know, that says underneath it between this yeah. hour and that hour and then yeah. loading zone and then, you know, no parking from this to corner and you can't figure out am I am I between the sign and the corner or am I safe? I don't know. And this is yeah, this is pretty I, I'd be confused. If I were these guys, I'd be as confused as Nigel. (laughs) (laughs) I've never, I've never been in, you know, I've never been in their position, but I've been in some, some buildings. Uh, I used to do a lot of fire alarm work. And so we would do a lot of uh, fire alarm Mm -hmm. testing. So the cool thing about that is we get to go into every nook and cranny of the buildings that we were in. And some of them were, were big buildings or some of them were just old buildings, which a lot of these theaters are. And, you know, there's been, there's been times when you're not familiar with the building, you go in there and you start turning around a bunch of corners. You're like, I don't, I don't really know where mm-hmm. I am anymore. Um, I remember one time I was working in a hospital and the end of the day had kind of come and gone for the normal staff. And so I was kind of on my own and I, I couldn't even figure out how to get out. I mean, there's exit signs to follow, <laughs> but I was still like a few floors up from the ground level. And I'm like, I just, I just want to get out. Like once I get out, I can just walk to my van no matter where I am. But, but I can't, there's too many hallways and too many elevators. And this one, this elevator goes to the ground floor, but this one only goes to the third floor. Like, I don't know where I am. Right. <laughs> yeah. It looks like there's some, an old marquee in here too. And I can't quite some big, you know, oversized lettering. Yeah. Can't quite tell what it's for. Just they're just storing old props and scenery and stuff. Although that yeah. that reminds me of a of a story. I had a similar situation where I couldn't find my way out of a building when I was. This is my my first year of college. The not the college I went to, but right next door there was an all women's college, and I had gone over with some friends to a, to one of the women's rooms. And we were drinking and all my friends and the the guy friends that I was with from my school and the women from the women's school all went to somebody else's room. I don't remember why, but they left and they left me alone and I continued drinking and I may have had perhaps one too many (laughs) and I may have fallen asleep (laughs) and... The woman whose room this was, her roommate came back <laughs> to, <laughs> to find this strange, inebriated man asleep in, in their room. And she wasn't um, happy about that, according to my recollection. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I think, I think the move here is to leave. And I left and I saw a door that said exit. And I walked through it, and what I hadn't realized was this particular dorm had an enclosed courtyard <laughs> inside the building. So the building was like a donut, <laughs> like a circle, and I had gone through an exit into the courtyard, and of course, all the all the room all the doors into the dorm are locked, and you need a dorm key to get in. So I'm now trapped. Oh, no. In the courtyard, inside the building, 
And I'm freaking out a little bit because I don't I don't know where my friends the people who knew me I don't know where they had <laughs> went had, where they'd gone to they just left and for all I know this woman's roommate is calling security and the cops are going to be looking for me and I'm running around trying to find a door that will open so I can get out of this courtyard I think eventually eventually someone comes out. It comes through a door and I'm able to like sneak through behind them before the door closes and I'm able to find I, I did eventually get out. I am not still in the courtyard of this woman's <laughs> dorm. And I was able to find a an exit that was a real exit. And I don't know why you would label a door into an enclosed courtyard as an exit because it's not an exit. It's just you're still outside, but you're still in the building. Yeah, right. But yeah, so there was a little panicked uh, 10, 15 minutes where I'm just like, how do I how do I get out of this situation? So I can sympathize a little bit with what's going on with Spinal Tap. You yeah. know, can relate it to my own experience. I, I don't think that door would uh, pass a fire code. Being <laughs> No, no. No. I just noticed here at 46, 47 in the crowd, we've got a crowd shot and there's a guy in the middle who's really going for it. He's doing like an interpretive dance or <laughs> maybe he's had a little LSD situation going on here because he's doing something a little different. It's quite interesting. <laughs> there's a, somebody behind him bouncing up and okay. down with like a white shirt, the shirt and then guy? he's got a... Yes, yeah, yellow the, shirt. The yellow shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the white shirt guy is just like doing the pogo stick. He's just jumping up and down. But uh, yeah, yellow shirt guy. I think he's the music's already started for him. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like he's uh, taking he's, a cue from Martin Short or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's good. But yeah, you know, we can so. hear them tap, 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 and yes. then so so towards the end. Not to to spoil it, I think there's going to be a happy ending because they they find some assistance from someone who seems to know his way around the building and he gives them some directions. Yes. So at least, you know, we can feel good. We can feel like, all right, maybe this is going to turn out okay. I just realized it may even. I just realized slowing this down like around 47, 48 seconds that there's another Mm -hmm. workman behind them that's kind of crouched down low and as they're about to turn the corner i didn't i didn't realize there was like more people in there oh let me look 37 okay yeah i hadn't oh yeah but it's not is it a and it's not a camera that was my first thought too but he's holding something weird yeah that i never noticed that huh Wow. So that, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of funny just yeah. to see just the way he's watching them. It's just the, yep, they're just making their way through and people are starting to notice now. Yeah. I'm trying to pause because whatever he's holding, yeah, you could say, oh, is that a camera? But it doesn't look like a camera <laughs> or even like a mic or, you know, a big mic or something. But it almost looks like he has headphones on, it doesn't does. it? Very yeah, I do wonder if that's someone, you know, from the crew who got caught. <laughs> Although it is being a documentary, that happens sometimes. The- yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, good good eye there, Jonathan. I never noticed that before. It's almost as if I haven't been watching these <laughs> minutes, but I swear I have. <laughs> yeah, so right here at the end, we meet Wonderful Smith. Wonderful Smith as the janitor. Is that his name? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
and I, I actually went to read his bio on M- IMDb, and he's from Arkadelphia, Arkansas, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> Arkadelphia. Arkadelphia, Arkansas. And there's a whole huge bio that I'm not going to read, um, but there is somebody that wrote a poem about him. One of the things that he did do is that when Hattie McDaniels, the actress Hattie McDaniels, won an Academy Award for Gone with the Wind, she was on his arm. So he was her escort. So that's just a little movie history. He was also in Oh God, To Sleep with Anger. And then he's been in quite a few television shows and movies. And he looks like he was pretty pretty busy and had a very so he's not one of those the the people that they pulled in that really didn't have a body of work this man had a body of work from um, the 40s all the way through to the 90s and then passed away in uh, 2008 at 97 so he had a long life and one of the things i thought was most interesting to that i thought was fun and different was that he was in in Living Color. He was in two skits on In Living Color. <laughs> One of them was My Dark Conscience, which I don't recall, but I definitely recall My Left Foot of Fury. That's one of my favorite In Living Color skits. Well, good chance so I've was, seen them before. That'd that. be fun to check out. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little bit about Wonderful Smith. I like it. He, seem, he seems like a good guy to get directions from, then. He's been around for a while. Yeah. Probably knows his way around. Yeah, he just has a nice, nice face. Very good natural acting, as we always mention. Um, an interesting hat. Yeah, he, he does seem like the kind of guy that would uh, would would let you know where to go. A knowledgeable sort, and he tries to. He tries, and I think uh, I feel good. I think this is this is this is the turning point for the band, at least for this uh, for this appearance, and they'll. They'll find their way through. They'll go through that door, and that leads them to the stage. But uh, yeah, I'm an optimist. He kind of, you know, he kind of looks like Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley at yeah. this era, he yeah. had those similar glasses and would wear kind of natty hats. I'm looking at a picture of him right now, Bo mm-hmm. Diddley, and it looks he looks almost identical as far as his look. You know, his her his the hat, the glasses, and. Even like the mustache and the hair and everything, so he's given us a little, a little rock and roll history right here, just in his um, his style. Yeah. So are we thinking? We just jumping back to the the beginning when they first leave the dressing room. So that first door that says this is not an exit. Should they have gone through? Is that the door they should have gone through? Because they're they're not looking right. for an exit. They're not trying to leave right. the building. They're trying to find an entrance to the stage. That that would be that would be funny if they had revealed that if they had just gone through that one door, then they would have been right on the stage or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be we'd, fun. Yeah. yeah, like an aerial shot of the 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 behind yeah. the scenes, and they just keep m- mice in a what do you mice call it? A like maze. a mice in a maze where they're just going around and round and round and never finding that exit. And and one thing, so I, th- I think we mentioned this uh, last minute in the in the dressing room. We we noted the lack of of Ian, and there's the continued absence of Ian, who's supposed to be taking care of all these things. He's the manager, and we're we're, we're left wondering what is he managing at this point. 
you know, and it, it's tough in the beginning. And, you know, I, I'm usually an Ian fan or I've been an Ian fan in the, in the past. But as we've been analyzing this movie and as things go on, uh, some of his shortcomings are becoming noticeable. Do you think he has other interests, other bands that he's trying to manage on the side or uh, or is he just flaking? That's a good question. He could have other bands or he mm-hmm. could be blowing off steam or maybe he's trying to do that thing where you give somebody a taste of what it's like when you're not around you know this is what happens when i'm not here mm-hmm. yeah and that's i've I've had that thought that i kind of a little bit of like uh yeah just give them a taste of, of you know maybe they'll appreciate me more if they see what happens when i'm not around and i have a, a, a theory that uh, well you know coming up in the movie when he'll he'll uh he'll leave completely he won't you know he won't just be absent for a scene or two but he actually leaves and i wonder if that's why he does it but uh i don't know if we have enough evidence you know he doesn't come back and say well did you learn anything or anything i don't know yeah i don't know if there's enough for us to determine if that's really you know if he's actually doing that or maybe the kind of thing that if you asked him about it he would play it off he'd be like oh yeah yeah i meant to do that yeah, that's what I was doing the whole time, kind of thing. Since uh, that that seems to be his mo that we've suspected in the past that he kind of will just kind of make up excuses on the fly and latch onto things that sound good. Well, so s- since we have you just for this one more minute, Jonathan, we like to ask our guests if they have any recommendations for documentaries or rockumentaries that they may have seen recently. Uh, I I do. I don't know if anyone's if anyone's cool. gonna like it, but that's just my history of, of things. Anyway, so my my <laughs> I grew up in the '80s, but I didn't really come into pop culture awareness until late '80s, early '90s, and that's really where I I, I grew up, I guess, as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that I grew up around that I was aware of, um, like say the movie uh, Alien. Um, there were so many references to it in other things of pop culture that. I never even saw the movie until just recently, even though yeah, I just kind of like felt like I already knew what the movie was. Sure, and sure. Uh, so really, I came into a lot of pop culture kind of through the back door, through a parody and, and satire, like mm-hmm. uh, like Airplane and, and those movies. So my recommendation is The Complete Al, which is a weird Al Yankovic uh, sort of documentary, I guess. Um, it tells it tells his Great. life story, but there's a lot of uh, silliness involved in it too. So, so there's some real facts and some not so real facts involved. Um, <laughs> well, that sounds like a perfect companion to to this. Yeah, movie. It's, it's not. It's certainly not done like the same. You know, the following cameras and all that stuff. But uh, it, it's more sure. of a compilement. But but it's Weird Al. It's definitely Weird Al. It was uh, 1985, and based on the name and the way it's spelled, The Complete Al, I'm guessing it was also mm-hmm. a spoof on The Beatles, The Complete Beatles. Um, sure, Because he, he sure. spells complete the same way that they do. And uh, Oh, great. <laughs> so I, I haven't seen that one, um, but but yeah. And it's it's dated. It's uh, maybe a little slow. They could have maybe you know punched it up, punched up the editing a little bit. But uh, I can't say no to Weird Al. Cool. Yeah, sounds that good. that sounds good. He's great. He's another instance where the the music is good 
and the comedy and the wit is good from Weird Al. So uh, yeah, and I'm sure and that, that's an that, excellent. Uh, that documentary features like I think four or five like the full videos of of some of his things. So so if nothing oh, cool. else, you get to. Cool. I mean, you can watch them all on YouTube anyway. I think, but but otherwise, there's a good place to get it. Well, anything else from this minute or this movie or other comments about Rob Reiner or anything we want to make before we wrap up? Yeah, I I know we definitely um, have plans and uh, want to get you guys on our show. And because we, it's not just the Rob Reiner connection, but more visually, we've got the uh, the Nigel and the Count Rugen connection there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, definitely. And I don't know, I don't know how familiar you guys are where it came into your life, I guess. But I, for the longest time, I had no idea that it was the same guy because um, he plays him different, he looks different, and no idea. Yeah, I I think we we've talked about it on our show. Yeah, I I remember for the longest time seeing his name in, and this must have been before IMDb was a thing, you know, seeing his name in the credits, I don't know if he's, you know, they don't give his name, or at least the opening credits where they just give names and they don't line them up with a character. For the longest time, I thought he was the minister Uh, that does the ceremony when Humperdinck and Buttercup are are getting married at the end, just because... By process of elimination, I'm just like, well, no one, there's no one here that looks like Nigel from Spinal Tap. And there's this guy at the end who has ridiculous hair, you know, has very fuzzy facial hair. He's got these big sideburns and a beard. So that could be, yeah, that could be Nigel. So I just decided, oh, he's the minister at the end. And then later on learning that, oh, wait, no, it's, it's Rugen. And just like, oh, yeah, he, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know if it's, Christopher guess if he's just got one of those faces that's very malleable or a testament to his acting ability, which I think is is significant, but he really disappears into the parts that, that makes it hard to recognize him. Although the connection uh, that, that I think we've also discussed previously is he, he goes to 11 with the 11 fingers. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, I have spoken with uh, Rick, which I think he was the one that mentioned it on your podcast. Um, oh yeah, I've spoken yeah. with him, and I just can't believe that that's not like a tagline somewhere that his fingers go to eleven or something like that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe that's not something that's you know that everybody knows. I don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, can can you can, can you can you confirm? I guess I haven't gone back and, and checked that. It is that correct that there's so the six fingered man. It's only six fingers on one hand, and then the other hand is five. Well, and. So they don't. He doesn't go to twelve. He yeah, goes and Nigo Montoya says that he has six fingers on his right hand. So I'm guessing the right fact hand. that he specifies what? on his right hand that that I I guess yeah. we haven't looked too close at his left hand. But we really the point that we are in the Princess Bride right now. We are about halfway, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't really see that much of Rugen. We're we're getting to the point where we're seeing more of him. So actually, seeing his left hand may or may not have even mm-hmm. happened at this point. But I, we haven't. Made a okay. point to look at it, but but yeah, I guess that would be something to check out. Right. But I'm sure I'm sure it's eleven. If it's not, I'd be really sad then. <laughs> I hope we, in my head canon, it'll yeah. always be eleven. Although that's from that's one of the things that's from the book, right? The six fingered yes. man. So it's not like Rob. It's not like Rob Reiner did that. That's is kind of a you know a nod to. That's what I I I, I said it on our podcast. But that's one thing I would say about Rob Reiner is. Is he's very good, and I think in when I was younger, I must have 
recognized him or, or known something about him because I attributed everything I liked about the movie to him. And that's mm-hmm. not to take anything away from him because he was obviously you know very instrumental in that movie. Um, but after reading the book, finding out that that book is Goldman or that movie is Goldman. Well, he wrote the screenplay for it too, mm-hmm. but but right. all the great lines, all the great character pieces and stuff like that. It's it's all in the book. Um, that movie itself is a very 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 honest adaptation of the book. Um, there's certainly there, any book to movie. There's things that aren't in the movie that are in the book, but but uh, mm-hmm. there are there are most of the scenes are right out of the book, and so. When you have Goldman that did both the book and the screenplay, that makes sense. But but uh, it's it it's really cool to see that Rob Reiner was so true to that because he liked it so much. But yeah, I I was not aware of Goldman at all when I was younger. So I I always thought that was all Reiner. I thought okay, this is what I thought that it was a fairy tale story and had all of the cool elements, but all of the funny elements were Rob Reiner. And now I'm finding gotcha. out in adulthood that that's not the case. That it was it was all yeah. there. Obviously, Rob, you know, put his uh, his foot in it, but but no, it's yeah. yeah I think I'm cool. in a, I'm in a similar camp where I didn't realize until only a handful of years ago that there even was a book. Yeah, that's yeah. I thought it was just a movie, and it was all Rob. That's another yeah. weird thing about it too. Is uh, it, it's kind of like. I think there is some weird marriage there. Like it is kind of like Spinal Tap in the way of people watched the movie, and some people didn't know if it was a joke or if it was real. When you watch Princess Bride, they talk about the book, and the credits even say it's based on a book. But there's so much, so much weirdness there that you don't know. Is okay? Is this book even real that they're talking about? And and even right. when you read the book, the way he plays it back and forth, you don't know what's real and what's not. And you know, because he Goldman refers to himself, but he's not. He's he talks about his life experience, but it's not actually his life experience. And so, there's so many levels to it. It's it's uh, it's really strange. But maybe maybe there's the similarity because maybe that's maybe Rob Reiner likes that kind of thing. So he he throws it in a lot of his yeah his yeah. projects. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, before I get any more texts on my laptop anything else before we wrap up um minute where are we 49 49 no i'm i'm good the band's gonna find the page. i'm i'm good yeah jonathan you got your uh all your tap out what's that got all your tap oh you got all your like are you all yeah. tapped out oh, you're all t- i think is what he's trying <laughs> i'm all tapped out okay. all tapped out okay yeah so this was a lot of fun thank you for for stopping by. Thanks for having me. It was it's it's fun. I, I love analyzing minutes, even if I don't have contacts or if I do have contacts. I I like to see what they've done with it. Yeah, I, I think just it, it never grows old. And like I've mentioned before, and on this this episode, like oh my gosh, I never noticed that. It's like right in front of my face. <laughs> so it's kind of fun how many different new and different layers there are even with these movies we may have watched many times before so yeah thanks for joining us so so jonathan if people want to hear more of your insightful commentary on the princess bride where can they do that well i will also plug my co-host steve lasto and you can find us both at theprincessbrideminute.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just search The Princess Bride Minute. You can, if you want to go on Facebook at 
to our listener page and talk all about stuff there. You can go to A Battle of Wits, The Princess Bride Minute, or on Twitter at TPB Minute. All right. Sweet. And, and if Heidi, uh, people who have found us, but maybe they, <laughs> maybe they don't remember how they found us, if they want to find more of us or find us again, where can they do that? Yeah. So, well, we have SpinalTapMinute.com. And if you go there, you'll find, um, you know, how to subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet, you'll also find links to the different stuff that we talk about in our minutes, um, links to videos and books and recommendations and all that kind of stuff. And then you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Both of those places are at SpinalTapMinute. And you folks can also uh, give us a call at the Spinal Tap Minute hotline, and that's at 419-TAP-TAP-6. That's 419-827-8276. So let us know if you have uh, your own little real-life Spinal Tap moment, if you've ever gotten lost in a building that you couldn't get out of, or if you just have uh, questions or comments about the show, let us know. And if you've got a, a good story, we may feature it on a future episode. But until then, that's it for Minute 39. Please come back for Minute 50. And until next time, and so say all of us, Tap into America. America. (laughs) Well, yeah, I definitely, uh, I know we're all trying to figure out our schedules to see how we can, you know, get together and... um, this scheduling stuff, especially now that for us, we're getting into that spring summertime. It seems like a lot of people are taken mm. off or schedules change and everything. So I, yeah, definitely would love to be on, on there. No, oh, something just dinged at me. So pardon that. <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't a sad bell. I'm not sad about you guys. I think I just figured out. Something, <laughs> so I think I'm getting texts on my laptop and so they're not coming onto my phone. <laughs> So, just a little something I'm weird experiencing over here in my life, this weird computer magic. Yeah. <laughs>